Episode 2 is brought to you by the benefits of global warming think tank, a council-backed group of toadying lackeys who will literally say anything for money. For further information, see their latest publications, Burn Baby Burn, Oxygens for Snowflakes, and How to Get Rich and Die Trying. Monsoon Jackson, Series 3, Episode 2, Exorcist. The Pleasure District was more or less what you'd expect it to be. Darkened shop fronts promising all manner of joy. A range of genders and species walking about happy to discuss their negotiable affection. Suggestions of things that could be done to you that you hadn't even considered, but you knew instantly you would enjoy. In short, the sort of thing that most people would tut about and express outrage on. All to cover their anger, repressing their deepest desire to experience it all. The sort of rage that only really comes from people who deep down know what they are, but have to angrily denounce it in anyone who has already embraced it. Honesty was fear for them, much like every single person who expresses their disgust of the gay community. Their lives would be so much better if they admitted who they really were, yet they would die hating themselves with their one life. What a waste. Monsoon parked up a few streets away and refused to switch Sicario's security feature on. They both stood and looked at the sprawling mass of the Pleasure District. Anything you could want, if you had the money. This meant the place had no surveillance. Politicians had long since learned being caught on camera could temporarily damage their careers. If they were really unlucky, it might mean they might have to give up some token position. If things got worse than that... It could be they actually thought about how their family would actually suffer from their actions, but that was a rare event. They walked into the hubbub of the district and disappeared into the crowds. For anyone watching, and there always was, it was clear these people had a purpose. They were heading to a pre-planned destination, not window shopping or wasting the workers' time, but moving towards a less travelled side street. Monsoon's shooting hands began to twitch. There was something about a poorly lit, empty-looking side alley that made you believe something bad was about to happen. Like turning off the main road to a desolate wood cabin, or watching a film that you have explicitly been told not to watch, or just making one too many sequels and deciding now's the time to parody the very thing that everybody loved in the first place. They walked further into the poorly lit street until the sounds and delights of the Pleasure District had faded away. There was the suggestion of life being denoted by cardboard boxes and neatly folded sleeping bags, but nothing of threat. Sicario turned to Monsoon. How did we manage to colonise and yet still have homeless? Because fundamentally the human race is a disgusting mistake. A really poor choice of thing to evolve. We should have been stopped as blobs in the ocean. That is a much better expression of what we deserve to be. Sicario opened his mouth to respond then closed it again. There wasn't really much more that needed saying. They had reached the end of the street. Unlike most side alleys, there was only one way in. 
In front of them was a reasonably well-concealed security door. It was covered in graffiti about how somebody would do something if you called them, and somebody else was a negative thing. Nothing compared to the person who'd written it, of course. Their comically limited skill in art restricted them to being cruel because, in the cold light of day, they hated themselves. They looked around for a button, handle, camera, anything to signify a way of asking politely to come in. There was nothing. What if you lock yourself out? Monsoon shrugged, just as there was movement from under a small pile of cardboard. A young girl. They looked at her with pity as Monsoon fumbled for some credits to appease his conscience that although he was angry people lived like this, wasn't actually angry enough to actually do something actually about it. The girl waved a hand at him, gesturing him to stop. He stopped. You're wondering how to open the door? Or who controls it? But not question why me, a young homeless girl, would be talking to you? Well... Or showing any concern or empathy that a young girl is homeless? I... uh... Monsoon fumbled in his pockets again. The girl stood up and glared at them. That was not a hint for credits. Why do people always think we have nothing else to offer but begging? Monsoon stopped fumbling. What if I was a talented artist who had run away from a violent family, or a maths genius with an abusive father, or a skilled musician whose mother spent every day jacked up on whichever drugs she could afford? At this point, both of them were staring at their shoes, awkwardly unsure how to respond. Give them a room full of killers, and they were in their element. Ask a searching question about emotions, and they were lost. I told you all you really needed to know about them for most of their lives. And, well, are you a talented musician? Would it make a difference if I answered that question? What would you do? There was silence. The girl shrugged and pushed a concealed panel behind her home. The door clicked open, swinging outwards. Monsoon went to move towards the door, then stopped himself. What's your name? Eva. Thank you. Ever. I can't offer much, but if you ever need protection, we can help. How do you think I survive every night, here, on my own? Monsoon went to answer, and then decided best not to. Sorry. There was a number of questions he was answering with that word, and Ever felt it. Thank you. Sicario and Monsoon stepped towards the door and leant cautiously inside, hands moments away from an arsenal of concealed weaponry. Sicario nodded solemnly at Ever. He did this to try and present an air of cool, but everyone knew it was because he simply didn't know what else to say. They stepped inside, and the door started to close. But if I ever do need you, Monsoon, I'll just ask. The door shut and locked. They both stood still, eyes adjusting to the gloom. Wait, how did she know your name? Monsoon was about to answer when it felt like a hundred thousand lights blinked on, flooding the room and banishing shadows from every conceivable angle. They shielded their eyes, looking around for who might be using this as a strategic advantage, but the room remained empty. As their eyes adjusted, they cautiously walked around the perimeter of the room. There had to be some reason for it. Without warning, the centre of the room opened. A cage ascended. It rose up over thirty feet, then shuddered to a stop. I'm not sure I like where this is heading. They both looked over at a large steel door and waited. 
After a while, it ground open, making unoiled, squeaking noises that no one could possibly like. They watched as a collection of, well, goons were probably the best way to describe them, slowly entered what by now was clearly an arena. The door slowly ground shut, kicking out dust and vibrations into anyone with holes in their teeth. Silence returned. Monsoon stepped forward. We haven't got time for this. We've got the credits. You bring us the device. The cage door opened. One of the largest, I mean it would be, wouldn't it, stepped in and smiled at them. He gestured them to follow them. Yeah, look, as he said, we haven't got time. Let's just get this trade done and all move on with our lives. The large, well, muscled thing in the cage punched its fists together and again beckoned them inside. Negotiation was clearly not a thing for them. The thing rolled back its head and laughed. This was followed by the other goons, laughing and whooping along. Monsoon sighed. (sighs) It's your turn. With a flurry, Monsoon pulled a device from his utility belt. An EMP pulse flashed around the room. This destroyed any chance the show was being broadcast. In the same moment, Sicario imbibed one of the many moleskins he was carrying. The Tors family had had more than either of them expected when they were clearing out their stock rooms. Given Moleskin's ability to kill you, it was not the drug of choice, unless you had a biomechanical organ that could control it. That was lucky, wasn't it? Sicario changed shape into something with more muscles than anything could possibly need to function. The goons fell silent watching this transformation. This wasn't a thing, or more accurately, it was a thing, a huge thing, that would have made Mr. Stevenson proud. The cage fighter had lost his previous arrogance and was looking over to the others for support. Naturally, being goons, they were not big on that and kind of backed away to the door, hoping that for some reason it would open and let them leave. Much to the cage fighter's relief, the newly buffed up Sicario stepped towards his colleagues and laid waste to them with little effort. Unfortunately, they made the tragic mistake of letting their guard down when, moments later, one of their fellow goons flew into them with enough force for their spine to put a dent into the cage. They slumped to the floor as Sicario slowly changed back into his preferred form. Right, so the device then. Another door opened and Eva entered, wearing an angry face. What the hell have you done? She waved her hands, exasperated around the expired or expiring goons. There was a huge show planned later tonight. They were here to warm up. It's all just a show. They don't actually hurt anyone. Monsoon pointed at the terminally shaped cage fighter. Uh, uh, he, he was inviting us to have a fight. Did he laugh? I mean, he did, but it was a menacing laugh. And the rest of them stayed well back, laughing along with him. Sicario thought he'd give it a go. You have to understand, entering a room with, well, let's be honest, evil-looking henchmen is hardly something we could guess at being friendly. Eva waved on the hollow posters blinking away, high up on the walls. Most were very much using sentences such as family-friendly or a great evening out for all the family, all ages welcome. They both looked up reading the posters and independently trying to think of a way out of this awkward social encounter. Then Monsoon decided he'd make things worse. You could have told us, sat out there, this is all your fault. 
He waved at the collection of actual and soon-to-be corpses. Wow. Just wow. You're blaming me. Your first reaction to a situation is killing everyone. Do you do birthday parties? Monsoon's mouth flapped open and shut. Eva reached under the stage and pulled out a box. Here, take it. She flung the box at Monsoon, who caught it with some effort. She was stronger than she looked. Sicario gently placed the credits on the floor and kicked them over towards her. Monsoon then decided to make things even worse. At least with those credits you can get some new goons. He smiled, pleased he'd fix the problem. Eva and Sicario both turned to stare at him, something that Eva didn't notice or decided he didn't want to notice. Yet again, it was up to Sicario, one of the most successful contract killers of all time, to try and smooth things out. This was deeply wrong and really shouldn't have to be his job. We're sorry. We misread the room. How can we make things right? Sicario started to draw out more credits, but Eva waved a hand at him. You could retrieve something for me. That would help. Retrieve what? It's a recording hidden in the home of someone I'm keen to blackmail. Unfortunately, the remote uplink failed, so I need to get the physical unit back. We're not running errands because of a misunderstanding. Anger flared in Eva's eyes. Sicario dove in in a desperate attempt to stop Monsoon talking. What he means is, we're on a deadline. However, this is our fault and we should make things right. Something in Monsoon's memory snapped back in. Hang on, how did you know my name? Who are you? How did I know the name of the disgraced former Solar Force detective who massacred one of the wealthiest families in the solar system before disappearing into the shadows? I mean, it was on the news a bit. She had a point. It would be difficult to find someone who didn't recognise him. Even though he'd officially retired to be a gardener, he was only spared jail by the skin of his teeth. It turned out that a lot of people assumed he had dirt on them, and putting him in jail, or even an unfortunate though definitely fatal accident, might allow that dirt to seep out. Justice was never so assured when you were rich or had the rich by the family jewels, and nothing breeds loyalty faster than your own corruption. Monsoon shrugged and walked over to Sicario in an attempt to have a chat with him. Sicario knew what was coming and headed him off at the pass. Where's this recording? Eva smiled and threw over a sat chip. Sicario deliberately let the chip fly past and into the wall. It fizzled. Don't use hollow maps, don't trust them. I just need the address and where you think it's hidden. Monsoon ignored the conversation he wasn't interested in, instead checking the device they just bought. It appeared to be in good working order and had no traces on it. He switched it off and slipped it back into its over-engineered and heavy carry case. Right, come on then. Where? To the place that she... How could you not be listening to a conversation happening three feet from you? Monsoon shrugged and looked over at Eva, who beamed at him. One apology, one job, that's it. She nodded and turned back to the door she'd entered through. The door they'd entered through simultaneously opened. Right, we're going to... Don't care, something's off. I don't trust her, why do you? I don't think this was a trust issue. More a, we killed her entire entertainment company, sorry, kind of thing. Fine, let's get on with it. He always got like this, when he was wrong. Or suspicious. Or wrongly suspicious. Or suspiciously wrong. It was a complicated emotion. 
They stepped through the door, and Eva was once again in her cardboard home. She smiled at them. Everything okay? Monsoon grunted but ignored her. Sicario also said nothing, but looked at her with a renewed sense of interest. It could be Monsoon had a point. They walked back up the alleyway and disappeared into the pulsating mass of people wanting to experience delights and those who could provide them, at a cost. Inside the building, a communications light flickered on. You're right, they are gullible. Found a few expendables and they killed them without remorse. Lucky they were cyborgs, really, or else the next part of the plan would have proved complicated. There was a typed response which went unseen by all but Eva. I'm aware you said that would happen. I just didn't think they were quite that. Her response tailed off as she wasn't sure what point she wanted to make. They're on their way now, and they've got your device with them. This is too easy. She shut the comms off and leant back for a moment, looking through the one-way window at her clone. Her stupid, low-achieving clone, squatting down in her cardboard home for another evening. With thanks to everyone who brought this to life. Heather Dent Cowan for supporting me always. The series was voiced by Paul Litchfield as the narrator, Jeremy Lim as Monsoon Jackson, Tiernan Duyeb as Sicario, Rosie Holt as Eva, Alison Ward as Carla, Amanda Redman as Priva and the adverts, Toby Haydock as the credits, and Tom Austin Morgan editing this together written by Andy Case soundtrack by Andy Case for Leitmotif Productions Limited copyright 2023